Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Today is such a special day, and I've got one of my great colleagues with me today, Seamus Bruner, who uh, co-authored the book with me, Fallout, which hit markets today. It's on sale. You can go to the bookstore, go to Amazon, go to the jtnshop.com and get your copy. And uh, we're going to have Seamus on. He did some of the really amazing research, uncovered some of the groundbreaking documents uh, that tell I say this is a book of with 150 scoops in it that tell one big story, and I couldn't have done it without Seamus. And he's going to be joining us in a few seconds. And we're going to spend the whole hour today, instead of having the monologue and multiple guests, we're going to just do Seamus and I talking about what we were trying to do with the book, what we think are some of the important revelations and lessons, and what's to come in the Russia scandal. We'll have all of that in a few seconds when we get back from the commercial break. But first, let's hear from our great sponsors and advertisers. Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I hear often, what can I do to support Just the News? What can we do to support John Solomon Reports, to support the type of investigative reporting that Seamus Bruner and Peter Schweitzer and John Solomon and other people try to do? Well, one of the things you can do is to support our sponsors, our advertisers. Go to the JTN shop, buy one of the books or gadgets here, because every time you do, some of the proceeds go to support our journalism. So thanks to all of our great sponsors and advertisers for what they do. They make this site, this podcast, these collaborations possible. Now, as promised, I'm about to introduce you one of the greatest journalists I've ever worked with in my life. Seamus Bruner uh, works for the Government Accountability Institute. That's Peter Schweitzer's group that does all those great books and all those great research projects. And Seamus is the secret weapon. Uh, there's no researcher, no investigator, no gumshoe journalist better than Seamus Bruner. So Seamus, welcome to the show. Hi, John. It's great to be with you. Thanks, I am so, thanks for the kind words. Well, they're truly earned. I, I had been in awe of your work for years just watching Peter Schweitzer, but being alongside of you putting this book together, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties, I got to see your work up front. And, man, you find documents and sources, and you connect dots that I didn't even think were in the same universe. And uh, we are so grateful. I know I'm grateful and I know the folks at Just the News are grateful for all the great research and investigative reporter you did. Um, uh, to open up, I want to ask, you know, when, when you look back now, we've had a couple months to take a breather since we wrote the book and sent it to the presses. What's your biggest takeaway? I mean, what did you hope to accomplish when, when, when the book was all done? 
Yeah. So I, there's, like you said, this book is really 150 scoops all, all packaged together. And it, it really takes the, takes the reader on a journey. Um, and, and your, uh, your writing style and, and my research, uh, it just makes for a great combination. I'd say uh, the, the biggest takeaway is I didn't know that uh, Biden had such connections to Russia. I thought, you know, we know yeah. about the Ukraine, thanks to your impressive reporting um, and, and Peter Schweitzer's right. uh, groundbreaking book, Secret Empires. We knew about the Hunter Biden, Hunter uh, Burisma, and we knew about the China deals. But what we didn't know was that Joe Biden really surrounds himself with these sort of politically opportunistic uh, players who work all around the world. We know about the Biden Five, uh, his family members who cash in and uh, on Iraq construction contracts. Right. But I think the Russia connections are what readers are really going to enjoy because it, it kind of provides the factual pushback. Um, you know, we shouldn't need it by now. The Russia collusion hoax has been so thoroughly debunked. But the, the, I think the Russia, uh, all the Russia ties to the Obama administration and Biden in particular are the things that shocked me the most. Your work on this is great. And one of my favorite characters in the book, uh, which you did a lot of work on, is Amos Hashtin. He's a, a Biden energy expert that after uh, the Russia reboot between Obama, Clinton, and Biden failed with Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin walks away with billions of dollars of contracts and, and the Uranium One assets and, and a new Silicon-like valley entity in Mos near Moscow called um, Skokovo, all that uh, given away by the Obama Biden Clinton team, um, he's get out there. Amos Hochstein's out there giving speeches because uh, uh, Russia's now invaded Crimea and started the Ukraine conflict, and he's out there saying we can't let Russia have an energy monopoly. They use it as a geopolitical weapon, and he's giving these speeches and these testimonies before Congress. And man, did you dig up one heck of a big angle? Tell us what Amos Hochstein was doing back in oh six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, in the Russian uh, nuclear empire called Rosatom. Right. So, so uh, Amos is, or Amo, he, he, uh, it's either Amos or Amos. I think he goes by Amos, uh, but everybody gets it uh, mixed <laughs> up. But anyway, he, uh, he, he kind of came into the public eye um, during the Ukraine and the impeachment stuff. And uh, back in, let's see, October, September, October, 2019. He kind of comes up as this enig enigmatic figure. Um, but in talking with Doug Campbell, I was shocked to learn that he had worked directly with Amos, that's Campbell, um, the FBI whistleblower who kind of blew the lid off of the uh, Uranium One story, thanks to your reporting in large part back in October 2017. Campbell worked directly with Hochstein and uh, Come to find, Hochstein was on the payroll of a, a lobbying firm that took on the Russian nuclear uh, corporation 10X. Now, this is that same corrupt uh, corporation that Campbell revealed bribery, kickbacks, extortion, money laundering. And this is not a conspiracy theory. These have been uh, litigated and, and there were indictments. That's and, right. Uh, Four people, I think, went to gu prison. Guilty pleas. Yeah, right. guilty pleas and people went to prison. Um, so, so we know that 10X was, was corrupt, and nonetheless, uh, Hochstein was helping 10X, meeting with the 10X executives, uh, giving these PowerPoint presentations, showing these Russian executives how to corner the U.S. uranium market. And, and one of the things I found that was really shocking, just buried deep in one of Campbell's documents, was the strategy that the Russians needed to, um, quote, 
from Hoxine's PowerPoint, Americanize their efforts, which really is to say Americans are wary of Russians, especially in a sensitive area like the nuclear space. So what the Russians need to do is to make it look like it's an American effort. And to do that, Hochstein recommended they partner with the utility companies. And these are companies that every American gives money to every single month, uh, you know, Duke Energy, Exelon Corporation, right. um, PG&E, uh, which is out in California, just filed for bankruptcy. But um, the Russians then partnered with these utility companies and uh, ended up getting some really sweetheart deals under the Obama administration. Yeah, that's one of the remarkable things. When I think you're done with the book, you see the difference uh, between two foreign policies, right? Uh, the Reagan, and I think carrying into the Trump Republican foreign policy, has been defined by the line peace through strength. And I think when you look at the Obama years uh, and you look at uh, the reset with Russia, which involved giving billions of dollars of uranium contracts to, to the Russian nuclear empire, Rosatom, and then giving them the uranium underground and helping them build a... Um, a uh, Skokovo, which is basically the Russian version of Silicon Valley, you begin to realize that that, that policy is really one of appeasement, whether it's Iran or Russia. We give our enemies things and hope that we buy their kindness. And in the case of Russia, that didn't work out so well because when, when Putin went into Ukraine in 24 and, 2014 and invaded uh, Crimea, uh, he sent a message that he had gotten all he wanted from the American government, the Obama team, and uh, and then he rolled it up and, and pulled the carpet out from our under our country. There's a great anecdote in the book that I love. I think it's in Chapter 6, Pat, past, The Pastor and Putin, uh, where Doug Campbell, who was undercover, he was posing as a consultant, American consultant for Rosatom, but he was really an undercover operative for the FBI. He, um, after a lot of the contracts are signed, after the Uranium One deal um, comes together, there's a group of... Uh, Russian executives from Moscow, they're here celebrating. They've opened up a new office in suburban Washington on the Maryland side, and they have a dinner. And I wonder if you remember what went on at that dinner. It struck me as the ultimate uh, sort of sign of, of how appeasement failed in this case. Do you, uh, do you remember the details of that dinner, Seamus? Uh, if you can refresh, there's a yeah, so the, the dinner with uh, with Campbell. Right. It's Campbell and, and the Russians. Right, right, right. No. And Campbell, uh, I remember him telling me just how, uh, you know, how crestfallen he was to hear the way the Russians would talk about um, the leadership in this country, Obama right. in particular. Um, you know, they, uh, the word Campbell says they called Obama was uh, bongo bongo. Right. Racial epithet. Right. A, a racial, yeah. It's a very offensive term. And uh, it just was, uh, it's disheartening to hear. That they thought that way, but you know the the reason they were disparaging. Um, I think in Obama's own words, he he said, "What is the Obama doctrine?" And this is something we lay out. Uh, you know, what could the Trump doctrine be? Right. But the the Obama doctrine. I mean, it's it's comical to hear it from the president himself. Was don't do stupid s words. Don't don't do <laughs> yeah. stupid stuff. Stuff right. Uh, <laughs> Slightly and, different uh, stuff, but we get the idea. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he kind of got it. There's a little uh, mini 
dust up in the media because Hillary Clinton later said, don't do stupid stuff is not an organizing principle. Right. Um, and, and I think what we show in this book is time and again that uh, that doctrine of don't do stupid stuff uh, was really more of a lofty ambition that they they weren't able to achieve. Yeah. Um, because just from from Russia to Ukraine and, and the terrible Iran deal, um, this appeasement strategy uh, really weakened America and strengthened our adversaries. Such a great and, point. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be seeing the fallout yeah. of that of that policy for for years or even decades to come. Yeah, that's a. Re I love the title of this book. You and Peter and all the other folks who worked on it to come up with such a fun title. Uh, there really is. It's not only the nuclear fallout uh, analogy. It's the fallout in American foreign policy, in global um, uh, diplomacy. And in the uh, what I call the decade of deceit, a, a major change in institutions in America where for the first time, agencies that we trusted to be above politics, above lying to us, the FBI, the courts, uh, the Justice Department, the news media, uh, all engage in these hoaxes, these folk, fake scandals. And, and when the evidence emerges that they aren't scandals, that they, the original reporting is wrong, there's neither a consequence nor a retraction or a correction. And uh, I, I really love the last chapter we worked on making the big point set uh, beyond uh, there's a security fallout, there's a political fallout, but I think at the end of the day, there's a fallout that threatens the essence of American democracy, the constitutional republic that we are, that institutions that we've come to trust to tell the truth, at least in this series of events, 2009 to 2019, they misled us in ways big and small, uh, whether it's falsifying a document at the FBI, submitting a false, false FISA warrant, or not telling us about what was behind the Iran nuclear deal. Um, really, really tragic times. Uh, one of my favorite theories in this book, or one of the, the, the theses that we, I think, do a good job proving, is that uh, the real reason we had the Russia scandal and then the subsequent U Ukraine scandal, two faux scandals, two scandals where the facts didn't support the narrative, was that Hillary Clinton had to neutralize the Russia issue. And um, I, I had an interview with a, in 2018 with a senior Clinton campaign official who um, was deeply involved in the campaign and also in the Obama administration and said that, you know, Christopher Steele really started as a neutralization effort. We just want to scare Republicans off so they don't use that whole Clinton cash, Peter Schweitzer, Bill Clinton took all that money from Russia, uh, while his wife was running Russia policy. They didn't want that to be used in the campaign. So it started as a neutralization strategy and then it spins out of control when Steele goes to the FBI. And you found an amazing document, a poll, that absolutely validates that this was the concern. Tell us about that poll, where you found it and what it showed. Yeah, so so after after Clinton Cash came out, um, you know, that that the it came out in April twenty fifteen. Uh, FBI field offices around the country by by summer 2015, there was at least five FBI field offices that had opened investigations. And uh, Clinton, uh, as the Clintons are so famous for, has a very robust internal polling apparatus and, and focus groups and kind of testing out how to shape the candidate and, and find that, uh, you know, the triangulation. So they had this internal poll done. And this is by, you know, the Benenson Strategy Group is a really, you know, uh, good polling firm. Uh, right. These are real polls, not the ones meant to shape opinion that you see often in the media. And so it's a really accurate picture. Now, what the the polling uh, 
apparatus found for the Clinton campaign was that her single largest liability with voters, and they te- you know tested thousands of people, was the Uranium One story. The idea that Hillary Clinton uh, and the Clinton Foundation took in tens, if not uh, over a hundred million dollars from parties interested in this sale to Russia, and then Hillary Clinton, as a result, uh, helped approve the deal. Um, that that really does not sit well with voters, as we can see now. Russia, uh, it's kind of funny actually. When Clinton cash came out, no, you know, at least the left did not seem to care that much about Russia. Um, but now you hear it to this day. Uh, Putin is lurking in every closet and corner. Um, so that poll shows that the Clinton campaign has this giant liability on Russia. They're worried that voters are going to think that Hillary has been compromised by Russia, and so they need to. Uh, they need to mitigate that. They need to neutralize that. And so, right, we call it the neutralization strategy. From then on, they needed to find a way to paint uh, Republicans or whoever Hillary's opponent was as compromised by Russia. And I think now, as time has gone on, we see that she, you know, she hired Christopher Steele, a higher fusion GPS to hire Christopher Steele to paint their opponent, Donald Trump, as a Russian asset. And it really didn't make sense um, and that's what we're now seeing is everybody's kind of scrambling to make a square peg fit into a circle uh, hole. And so that, you know, many, many people, everybody wonders like, well, why? And I think the uranium one and many of the other uh, Russian a- agents, I mean, foreign agents uh, close to the Clinton campaign, close to the Obama administration shows that they, uh, it was really just a one big projection effort. Wow, uh, you, you really did capture that. And I, I'm just amazed by it when you see, you know, when you look back at history, how much is explainable by following the money, following the political concerns of people. Uh, it's really, truly, truly remarkable. All right, folks, we're going to take a uh, brief commercial break. We're going to come back in a second. More with Seamus Bruner, my co-author on the great book Fallout, which is out today. You can get it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble. You can go to the JTN shop and buy a special autographed copy and get a chance to have a VIP session. We have one with Seamus and I, I believe next week, where he'll answer your questions in the session. So a lot of ways to get the book. We're very proud of the work. I'm very proud to have been able to partner with such an amazing uh, reporter like Seamus Bruner. We'll be back in a few seconds. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as I mentioned, we're here with my great co-author and friend and great journalist, Seamus Bruner. Our book, Fallout, The Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies and Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties, is out today. Today is book day. We're very excited. And Seamus is here to tell us and give us some of the insights that he brought to this great project um, Seamus, well, we've got about a four-minute uh, segment here. I want to just quickly uh, mention to you uh, or ask you a question about something that has come up uh, time and again in this 
um, process. When, when you look at the Russia scandal, the Ukraine scandal, you see the political problems that, that um, uh, we know about now. We know that the FBI got sucked into a, di uh, a dirty trick, a political dirty trick, an opposition research project. But one of the undercurrents, and it goes back to Peter's book, Clinton Cash, is that even in these foreign policy deb debacles, there are people cashing in, getting contracts, getting money, and even in failure, there are people that find financial success. And I wonder if you can identify, we talked about Amos um, Hochstein. Are there some other characters that jump out you in this book of people who, quote unquote, cashed in on the Russia-Ukraine scandals? Yeah, so, uh, well, there's there's at least three Obama officials who, um, we I call it the, the Democrat Kremlin revolving door, um, who worked directly for the Russian nuclear agency uh, one of whom actually worked on the Uranium One CFIUS takeover. These are Americans who, uh, you know, they call it the swamp. They go through the revolving door. Uh, they start in government. They go back to the private sector. Um, so, so one of these individuals, Ted Kassinger, worked directly for. He's a, he's a, an attorney, uh, CFIUS expert, formerly from the Bush, uh, W. Bush, Commerce Department. He helped guide the Russians through the regulatory maze of CFIUS, which it is, you know, it's a national security review. It's very secretive. Right. Not a lot of people know about it. So his skills are obviously valuable, um, but it, it's not even exactly a revolving door. It's, it appears to be a conflict of interest. It's not technically, but uh, it's, a, it's a conflict nonetheless. Um, he's working for the Russians, helping them get the Uranium One deal through the CFIUS approval. At the same time, he's meeting with Hillary Clinton. He's an advisor to Hillary Clinton. He is at the State Department on a advisory committee called the uh, Advisory Committee for International Economic Policy, ACIEP. And one of the shocking things about Kassinger is just months before Clinton's State Department approves the deal that he is working on for the Russians, he is meeting with Hillary Clinton and not just Hillary Clinton, but the man that the Clinton's campaign and State Department said was responsible for approving the CFIUS deal. Now, if, if you know some some listeners may remember that when uh, Clinton cash came out, the Clinton campaign was quick to say, "Oh no, no, no! Hillary Clinton had nothing to do with this. Uh, she, she, you know, this didn't rise to the level of the secretary's attention, which is in itself a shocking, um, you know, claim. Like, why, why would the secretary not be aware that Russia was taking control?" Of twenty percent yeah. of American uranium assets, but nonetheless, the man that they say approved this deal—the words they say—is Hillary never intervened with him. It's not clear what intervene means. Is a man named Jose Fernandez, and so Fernandez and Kassinger are meeting, and they meet several times, even uh, right up, leading up to the deal on State Department business, but also Kassinger's on the payroll of the Russians. So that, I mean, that's just one example. You've got Hochstein, who had worked for 10X. Right. Um, he ends up in the State Department, uh, ends up in a very uh, plush position called the Special Envoy position, uh, ends up advising Biden. You've got this uh, woman, Cheryl Moss Herman, who she ends up, uh, I want to say at the DOE, Obama's DOE. She's on the payroll of 10X before that. So there's three uh, kind of before the Obama administration. Then you move through the Obama administration. His officials um, work on Russia-Ukraine policy. 
and then after the Obama administration, they go back to the private sector to cash in on their experience. Yeah. Um, one other guy- the revolving door, is, I think we call that in Washington. Yes, the revolving door, it's, uh, it's more of a turnstile. Um, <laughs> that's good, I like that. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, a lot of people is like, oh, that's just, you know, we've come to accept that as, you know, just the way things are. But um, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, it, it, it seems that there should be a, a much, much more stringent cooling off period, uh, much more stringent disclosures for what interests were, uh, you know, paying these individuals before they come into government. Um, but yeah, and, and then there's also the, uh, the Ukraine matter. And uh, I don't know, there's 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 several officials cashing in there. Yeah, that's what I want to get to next, because Ukraine brings us to Joe Biden. And of course, he's running against President Trump. So he's even a little more relevant than the Clintons these days. And I want to jump into that in the next segment. We're going to go to a commercial break, folks. And when we come back, more with Seamus Bruner and the uh, debut today of Fallout nuclear bribes, Russian spies, and the Washington lies that enriched the Clinton and Biden dynasties. That's the new book Seamus and I have written. We're so proud of it. We're going to talk a little bit more after the commercial break. Joe Biden, and then we're going to tell you a little bit more about Doug Campbell. I just talked to Doug Campbell last night. He's recovering from leukemia and cancer, but I think we might be able to get him on the show with Seamus and I in the next week or so. He's an American hero. The dedication to this book talks about true whistleblowers. He's one of them. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll have him on next week. But in the meantime, uh, we'll be back after this commercial break with Seamus Bruner and our new book, Fallout. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. All right, folks, welcome back for a commercial break. We got another few minutes with the amazing Seamus Bruner, my co-author and one of the great journalists in Washington. Works for Peter Schweitzer. I'm so jealous. Um, Peter's so great in the Government Accountability Institute, does such great work. And I'm so grateful that Seamus was able to take some time and, and write this book with me. Um, Seamus, uh, one of the recurring themes in the book is how much the Obama-Biden-Clinton team gave away, whether it's to Russia or Iran or uh, all the other uh, frenemies that they were trying to appease. Um, talk a little bit about uh, the giveaways that you've been able to document, the things that Vladimir Putin got during the reboot that made America weaker, less safe, um, less proud. Right. So uh, one, of, one of the really valuable things in this book is just the long laundry list of, of giveaways from the Obama administration to Russia that uh, Putin achieved under the uh, Russia reset. And we've got at least a dozen instances that would, I mean, any, anybody who is outraged by Trump's, uh, you know, cordial words with Putin, I, I urge them to take a look at this list because, I mean, just going, going down it uh, kind of in chronological order here. Um, so the first thing the Obama administration did that was a huge giveaway to the, uh, to the Kremlin was 
they canceled the missile defense shield that the Bush administration right. had uh, planned in Poland and uh, par- partially in Czech Czechoslovakia, Republic. Right. Pa- right. Yep. Yep. Uh, so canceling missile defense, I mean, that drew uh, a lot of criticism. The second thing I'd say is the New START Treaty. Um, it was just a completely t- toothless uh, treaty that it start- stands for Strategic Arms Reduction Talks. There was START 1 under um, you know, previous administrations, but the New START Treaty was supposed to um, dr- you know, draw down both of our, uh, our nuclear arsenals. Well, Putin has violated pretty much every nuclear treaty in Russia. I mean, they, you know, they, there was a lot of evidence at the time that they could not be trusted to abide by the treaty. And sure enough, um, there's, there's been increases in Putin's nuclear arsenal and his weapons capability. So the New START Treaty, I would say, because we abide by treaties, but our adversaries don't necessarily, um, that was a giveaway. The 123 Agreement is the uh, nickname for the civilian nuclear agreement that allows for nuclear sales of technology and nuclear materials between countries. Russia had wanted a 123 Agreement for decades, really. Um, and uh, they got it under Obama. That really opened the door to the billions of dollars in nuclear contracts that uh, to our utility companies. Um, it was a very lopsided agreement, and uh, it's not quite clear what American companies got out of it, um, other than the utilities. Uh, let's see, number four on the list, uh, they promoted the WTO membership. Uh, for Russia. Hillary Clinton actually wrote an op-ed. She didn't write many op-eds, but she wrote one in the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, headline, Trade with Russia is a win-win. And uh, that was one of the really big things that Putin had wanted for many, many years. Got it. Uh, Of course, the Uranium One takeover was a win for Putin, loss for America. Uh, The tech transfers in the, you you know, industrial uh, industrial espionage on just a massive scale through the Skolkovo project. That's that's one of the chapters I'm I'm most excited about is the Skolkovo chapter where there's you know Russian hackers and cyber warfare military minds operating out of this tech hub that they modeled after Silicon Valley. Joe Biden actually went to Skolkovo to promote it. Uh, the U and the State Department USAID funded events promoting Skolkovo. Um, as as Schweitzer previously reported, a lot of Clinton donors got access, but it's not quite clear what Americans got out of it. And one of the kind of ironies of Skolkovo is they build up Russia's tech capabilities, their cyber capabilities, and just a few short years later, they're accusing Russia of uh, (laughs) hacking them. So go figure. Uh, Let's see. There was uh, an embassy bombing in Georgia that uh, was linked back to the FSB and uh, Obama. I mean, most people probably haven't even heard about it, um, and, and certainly the administration didn't pin it on Russia as they could or should have. Uh, we're at number eight here. Uh, the Clinton State Department coordinated a very uneven spy swap. A lot of people remember Anna Chapman, this uh, yeah. kind of Bond character-like uh, part of our woman. Book. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, and you had done some great reporting on Chapman previously and her uh, the connections from the illegals program to Clinton's inner circle, big time financier of Hillary Clinton. I mean, one of the Russian spies was working for the guy's financial firm. uh, And he was actually went to the State Department for meetings. So I mean, the spy, the spy program of Russia totally got swept under the rug by the Obama administration. And it was a very serious operation. It got 
all the way up into the halls of power of Washington. Uh, the spy swap that ultimately made it all go away, we traded uh, 10 illegal Russian spies for four non-American prisoners in Russia. So these, are, these weren't even Americans that we got back. So we sent back 10 spies, got four uh, operatives who had helped you know, our intelligence community on a couple of things, but they weren't Americans. And uh, the Russian illegals got a hero's welcome, and Putin uh, himself toasted to them, and uh, they all had a sing-along of some yeah. some uh, Russian Russian uh, national songs. Uh, Anna Chapman is a national hero; they're a model and you know a, right. a TV figure. And um, boy, you know, well, right. a lot of people forget this. You know, we talk about Russian influence and all the concerns about Trump. In 2010, the FBI knew that the Russians were getting very close to Hillary Clinton through a major donor, and they rolled up the ring because Hillary Clinton was the target. If there was an influence scandal, it was in 2010 with the Russian illegals program and the fact that a a Russian woman opposing as an American accountant had gotten inside Hillary Clinton's inner orbit and was about to try to get a job at the State Department where she could really up her spying. Uh, That never gets talked about in the mainstream media, but let me tell you, that's far more serious than anything they found in the Russia collusion Trump investigation. So true. So true. And kind of interestingly, Anna Chapman goes from uh, spying in the U.S. to getting a job at Skolkovo. <laughs> so, I mean, there was it was it was uh, pretty clear in there. And they're promoting Skolkovo all the way through 20, you know, late 2013 as, as the relationship starts to deteriorate. Um, now, you've but, got a great yeah, document that, in this book about Skokovo because eventually U.S. Army intelligence or defense intelligence makes a determination about Skokovo. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that document showed? Yeah. Well, there's actually, I believe it's four different DOD uh, installations. So you've got the uh, uh, European Command, UCOM, who puts out a full full report on Skokovo, and they basically blasted for being a, uh, you know, obvious espionage corporate espionage front um let's see the uh the fort leavenworth army war college or army war program at fort leavenworth does an entire study on it and puts out a damning 13 page report that just says why you know why on earth are we uh you know giving away our technology to the russians there there didn't seem to be any advantage i mean the one the advantage that they promote being they being the state department hillary clinton ambassador michael mcfall they say if we help build up russia's tech capabilities uh maybe they'll uh you know be less reliant on uh, natural resources oil and gas and maybe they'll stop threatening their neighbors um of course we know that didn't happen right and it just is just another example of the appeasement strategy that totally failed um, so in addition to the Fort Leavenworth report, the Yukon uh, report, the FBI actually sent letters to a lot of the companies. Uh, the Boston field office sends letters to a lot of the companies who are participating yeah, in so important. saying that this is clearly a uh, espionage and uh, tech transfer front and you should be very careful dealing with it. So, I mean, there's the red flags were endless. And uh, nonetheless, Clinton State Department uh, proceeded full speed ahead on Skolkovo. Well, that's, that's... I see. I, we're, we're, I'll just quickly uh, 
rattle off the other dozen, uh, half dozen items that the giveaways. I mean, there's so many, you know, we'd need a couple podcasts to go yeah. through them all in depth. You may do a couple. But so it, uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Give me a couple more. We got about, about five minutes left. I'd love to hear them. Yeah. The last, the last four here. So the, the spy ring, um, was a totally, uh, you know, lopsided deal. No right. Americans were freed. And then number, number nine on the list we got is, uh, the Obama DOJ, concurred with tennis uh 10x's uh you know excuses and uh denials for the most part and uh until 2014 the bribery and kickbacks and money laundering investigation were largely slept, swept under the rug right and even when the indictments did fly i mean they were announced just before labor day the the guilty pleas just before christmas it didn't even make it really into the news cycle i mean it's kind of hilarious to think now you've got Russian bribery, kickback, extortion, money laundering schemes, it didn't even really make headlines back in 2014. Um, and, and everybody was let off pretty much with a slap on the wrist. I mean, some of these crimes, and Andrew McCarthy uh, does a great job as a former prosecutor, does a great job laying out that these carry tw upwards of 20 years. I think it was just uh, a couple years, um, 48 months, maybe four years. And I think... Uh, McCarran got off on, on good behavior a little bit early. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, what some call a slap on the wrist. Sure. Um, that's right. and then there were just endless hacking operations against the state department, against other federal agencies. Um, you know, Obama administration knew well in advance of 2016 that there was, uh, you know, there was these hacking threats and, uh, there didn't seem to be any real punishment for the, for the intrusions. And I mean, God only knows how much information was stolen before 2016. Um, and then, you know, the last item on the list is uh, they allowed the Russia meddling to continue um, right. when they were uh, trying the dirty tricks against Trump. The, the Russians, it was known that they were trying to, you know, meddle in the 2016 election. And That's I right. think it's Susan Rice who has the, the brilliant idea to let it continue so that uh, to justify the operation against Trump. Amazing. There you go. The dirty dozen list, uh, 12 giveaways that made America less safe and Russia more rich uh, straight from Seamus Bruner and our great book fallout that we're so proud of uh, Seamus. I got about a minute left. I wanted to ask if you could wrap things up with a big thought because really fallout is a continuation of a of what i really think is a cascading set of uh interconnected scandals that peter schweitzer with his book clinton cash started some of the work you and i did on various stories um it's a larger story about the swamp in washington i wonder if you could connect peter schweitzer and clinton cash and your book from a year ago and this book and talk about how the democratic machinery of scandal just keeps marching on mostly unabated yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, I, th I think we're starting to see that the the Russia collusion hoax is being resuscitated. Uh, as as you know, Schiff was Adam Schiff was talking about the Roger Stone interview. I think Hillary Clinton was just on uh, the Daily Show or with Trevor Noah last night, and they're trying to resuscitate this Russia collusion hoax. And I would say that uh, if viewers get when they get this book and they really uh, dig in on these all these giveaways to Putin that happened under the previous administration. They'll be armed with uh, the factual the facts they need to push back on the Russia re, you know Russia hoax redux. Um, 
And as, as far as Peter Schweitzer, I mean, it's just such an honor to work for him. Such a brilliant guy that he puts out these bombshell books. We, we research them. It takes us years to, to really uncover all the facts. And you see years later, they come back into the news cycle with the Secret Empires book uh, that, that uh, really broke the Biden Burisma and Biden China details. That was in 2018. Nobody thought, I mean, nobody thought uh, Joe Biden was anything then. They thought he was you know, coasting into retirement and uh, now he's a candidate. So it's, it just really goes to show that Peter and especially your reporting that picks up really where Peter leaves off and uh, brings the story to new heights is, is just the, the, you know, the best, best weapon we have against this political establishment who's uh, trying to sp spread uh, disinformation constantly. Yeah, that really is true. Uh, well, Seamus, let me say again, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, for joining me in this adventure, uh, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties. Uh, you were amazing to work with. Your investigative skills are par none, and your writing is amazing. And uh, every day I got up and worked on this book, I, I couldn't wait to get the first phone call and talk to you. You and Peter and all the great folks at GAI are such an important institution in American journalism, so badly needed in an era where most people cover news with 149 Twitter characters when depth and context in truth and facts are what is really recalled for. So I want to thank you very much. And uh, let's get you back on the podcast next week. I bet you we'll have some more things to talk about this book. It's just starting to blow up and people are starting to digest the information. So uh, let me see if I, I would hope we could lure you back on for another round next week. I think the John Solomon um, reports podcast would love to have that. Yeah. Well, the feeling is completely mutual, John. You're, you're a rock star and it's a, it's a pleasure. So anytime and uh, look forward to it. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and wrap things up for the day. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, that wraps another podcast, a very special one for me, uh, having Seamus on and being able to finally talk about the book, Fallout, the nuclear bribes, Russian spies and Washington lies that enriched the Clinton and Biden dynasties. It's a labor of love. It's something that wraps together three and a half years of work that all of us that unraveled the Russia collusion case and started the Ukraine Biden scandal uh, have given our a big part of our careers too. And it's great to be able to wrap it up, give you some big thoughts. You can get it on Amazon and we have a very special deal at jtnshop.com. That's the Just the News store, jtnshop.com. Go there, you can click, you can get an autographed copy of the book, but probably the most valuable thing you get an hour with Seamus and I or Sarah Carter and I or uh, Doug Campbell and I to ask questions about what really went on in the Russia scandal. It's a great opportunity, something special we're doing at Just the News to celebrate the launch of this book. As always, thank you for what you do. Thank you for supporting our advertisers and sponsors, for listening to the podcast, for reading Just the News, and now for following what Seamus and I have done with the book Fallout. We'll be back with you again on Thursday with some new news. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about in the next 48 hours. Until then, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports at JustTheNews.com. Thank you.